This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. This is an episode from Games Online, our other show that is more about the tools and techniques from Masters of Their Craft. Please check it out in the show notes below because this is a somewhat visual type of show. And if you want to see it in all its glory, go ahead and click on over and check it. Please enjoy this conversation as we focus it mostly on Blender and how it's kind of taking the industry in waves. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of Game School Online. A show about bringing professional artists to talk about projects, or personal projects in particular, and figuring out the techniques and the thinking behind it. Uh, This is the first time we're actually bringing back one of our scholars. I think this is the first time Tom has ever joined us. Uh, He's a lighting scholar. He's been at various companies. So before I butcher his resume, I'm going to bring him on here. And uh, I'm going to unmute you real, real quick, Tom. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? All right. So I'm going to switch to your you screen. hear me okay? Yes. Everything's okay. all good. Cool. So uh, let's go I ahead and get I usually started. have a camera here, so. <laughs> no worries. Just ignore that thing. Uh, for the time being, yeah. do you mind kind of giving our uh, viewers out there a little background of who you are and uh, what you're doing and where you're heading and all that information? Uh, so I started out in film and television. Uh, lighting well actually i started out as a character animator but um i've done modeling and texturing and all kinds of just about everything uh until i found uh, lighting and lighting was in such demand that i just continued uh in that that stream with my career and it got me pretty far i actually got to um to work at places like disney and dreamworks and uh and then i switched over to games after i think after about my fourth movie um I had an art, my art director from Disney went to Naughty Dog and he asked me if I wanted to come uh, work there. So I ended up working at Naughty Dog uh, for several years. And uh, from there, I went to like uh, Activision and I went to Dice EA for a while. And then uh, and I came back home to North Carolina uh, with my wife. And then we I worked at Epic Games for a few years uh, or a couple of years, not very long. Uh, but we wanted to live in the mountains, so I ended up being like a contractor for Epic Games uh, and, and working from my, my home office here in uh, in western part of North Carolina. Because Epic is in like the middle of the state in mm-hmm. Cary, North Carolina. So, um, so and I still, uh, I work with them every once in a while and, uh, and work on my own projects and then do some freelance really all over the place. But, mm-hmm. mo- you know, kind of semi-retired, honestly. After, uh, you know, cashing out of Los Angeles and getting a few Call of Duty bonuses, uh, mm-hmm. decided to just move home. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's uh, this tremendous insight, man, like uh, knowing about lighting. Because right now it's it's still in, I feel, within the game industry, uh, not a lot of people know that that's like a hot topic still. Effects and lighting are like the two 
uh, hottest jobs right now in the industry that, that not everyone's very privy to still. Yeah. But you were able to see that years ago. Yeah. What were the, well, what were the signs? I was, it's back when, back when they used to do uh, SIGGRAPH used to have, but that's where you went to get jobs in the film industries like SIGGRAPH. You brought your reel. And I noticed it was actually at Disney. When I was at Disney, I was like talking to the, to the guys there. Um, this was when I worked as an animator for a PB on a PBS show um, out of uh, Minnesota. I was in Minnesota and I was talking to the Disney guys uh, cause I always wanted to work there. Uh, and they, they had lines, you know, at, at different sections of their career booth. Um, and I noticed that like the animation line, which I of course got in and like waited forever. Uh, but the interesting thing was I was kind of looking at the other lines, one of them being lighting, uh, and one of them being, uh, I always remember like lighting had like basically no people, somebody would walk up every once in a while and talk to them about lighting. Um, and then the shader guy, the, the guy, the, they were looking for people to write shaders for RenderMan, and there was nobody. I, I literally remember that guy standing up and being like, does, does, is anyone interested in learning how to make shaders for like RenderMan shaders? And, and you start realizing, oh, man, there's a whole section of uh, the industry that, that they don't have enough people for. Mm-hmm. And here we all are wanting to be modelers and animators and mm-hmm. like the typical things that we think of in our head. Um, and I had done some lighting at, on this PBS show. That's kind of how I got started. Uh, I was, I was a modeler and I would, uh, well, I was an animator, but I, I had to help the modeling team catch up. And so I was modeling things and I would submit them with kind of pretty lighting. And they were saying, Hey, why do yours, your stuff looks better than some of these other stuff. And I'm like, ah, it's not, it's not the model. It's not better. It's just that I'm, I'm presenting it well. And so they're, uh, they asked me to, to light a few shots. And the next thing you know, they were asking me, Hey, do you want to do a, a big section of this uh, show? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, so I did. And then I got a small lighting reel together and, and I'd used Jimmy Neutron. This is back when Jimmy Neutron, the movie had come out and I was using Jimmy Neutron as reference because it was very well uh, put together color wise. They used a lot of good color theory. And mm-hmm. so I, I, using Jimmy Neutron as reference to the show called ought to be good, I put together a little demo reel and um, in the next thing you know, DNA, the guys that made Jimmy Neutron uh, were interested in hiring me to work on Jimmy Neutron, which totally makes sense. Of course, I'm using all their stuff to as reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that was kind of my bigger break because I was working on little shows that nobody knew. And then suddenly you work on a show that everybody at the, at that time, they were like the number two uh, kids show behind um spongebob so it was a pretty big show and and everybody knew what it was at that point so that gave me that foot in the door of of bigger places like disney um you kind of almost have to have that known on your reel and work at a place for a few years of a known project uh, that does good art but uh Mm -hmm. so i'm i got really lucky there you say luck man but everything i'm hearing is like you're putting yourself in positions for like great opportunities just having the 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 ability to recognize that the lines are, are 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 separate and there's like a lesser amount of people interested in like this potential huge part of the industry, which is lighting and effects, right? Lighting in particular in this case. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of a lot of people just miss that, or at least they 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 see it, but they don't acknowledge it enough to be like, you know, I just love modeling and animation, which most of us fall in the trap of. Yeah, it it kind of depends on what you your desire is in, in the sense of, I guess if I was so passionate about being a character animator that I could not see anything else, then I would have pursued that field. But what, what I realized is my, 
my career would be limited. You know, I mm-hmm. might have been able to work on some TV shows or something, but I realized when I switched to lighting that the sky was the limit because it was mm-hmm. just it, it was in crazy demand. It still is. I think uh, mm-hmm. the it's last like uh, yeah. the the last LinkedIn post I got for for um, you know positions needed was it was like seven lighting positions. Yep, and they were all like Blizzard and Activision mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. little companies like Giant. You know, good mm-hmm. good jobs. Right. Um, yeah, they're still just killing for for lighters, which is great. I, I would I don't think I would have made it to Disney as an animator. I don't think I was that. I don't think I was that talented, honestly. <laughs> I, humble, I, I liked it. I <laughs> yeah yeah man, it, it's hard because you compete with such amazing people. So yeah yeah maybe maybe I would have worked my way up there. Uh, yeah. It would have been a long road, but lighting yeah, I, it felt like it happened right pretty fast within a few years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, similar to what the visual effects companies and movie companies went through where a lighting department was its own thing. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just happening with the game industry where lighting departments are not all the environment art uh, responsibility anymore. It's becoming its own thing. And that's very new within the game industry. So it's a huge Yeah, and, and huge that was field. another stroke of luck for me because it was uh... – when my ad asked me to come to naughty dog i didn't know who they were i i didn't really like i'd played their games but um i didn't even own a playstation 3 so i didn't know about uncharted the first uncharted um so i came on an uncharted 2 not realizing how famous of a company they were and it immediately set me up not only that that we we really improved the visuals uh creating a lighting department um and people saw that the the other game companies saw that like hey uncharted just made a made a leap in quality and they start asking questions and of course mm-hmm. their the lighting team grew and they they got better people and the next thing you know i was um i, I could tell that i was kind of in that sweet spot again uh mm-hmm. where other companies were trying to headhunt me out mm-hmm. of naughty dogs so it was kind of interesting i didn't realize it would be that uh that big of a deal uh, working for them yeah well, I mean, you were putting yourself in the right place at the right time. Uh, technology at that moment, you know, the generation consoles were getting better. Games as a tech is not something we laugh at anymore. So a lot of the movie stuff that we we marvel at is, is we're able to do it now with ray tracing. So it's it's a it's a natural progression. But you were you were right there, man. You saw light years before light years before everyone else. No pun intended. So, yeah, uh, no, it was it was crazy to see the the change, and it doesn't seem like that long ago to me because I started in like I don't know 2007 or something in games, 2008 maybe. Mm-hmm. So what, ten years? We went from like if you look at Uncharted, PS3 Uncharted, and then you look at like the stuff that we do at Epic in mm-hmm. real time. It's it's unbelievable, like unbelievable, um, how far this technology's come. It's been really right. neat to be a part of it, but it it's already like it's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, th- I think it's only going to get um, – it's going to be now, – now you're competing with people um, from the film industry. Probably you're, you're getting a lot of employees that are jumping back and forth. Right. And that's going to be easy f- for people to do because uh, you're already at that quality. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a perfect segue to the meat of today's show, which is another, again, you having the foresight of a <laughs> – Little software that we all laughed about before, but now who's laughing now, right? Uh, Blender, right? Blender is something that I myself was, wasn't was really taking seriously like five years ago, right? But 
in, yeah, in lieu of all not the, many of us did not many of us did so can you kind of give yeah. us a little background on on your blender experience and why'd you turn so into the program it's strange. I got introduced to it at Naughty Dog, actually. Mm-hmm. So there was this guy. We had there's like two sections of Naughty Dog. The the section where we make the games, and there's this other area called um, Ice. I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to talk about this stuff because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so secretive. There's so there's a Sony uh, a really high end Sony programming section of Naughty Dog that that makes. Um, that like make software for the actual console, the like high end, high end guys uh, to the point where like there's, I I don't even have access as a senior artist. I don't even, my key card won't get me into that part of the building. It's like top secret. Like, like you got to pull a, pull the book and the door case moves and it's a whole (laughs) different, it's damn near that crazy. Uh, So we always had like our ice buddy, like this, you know, a programming guy that we would try to help because they did need content uh, a lot. So this guy would ask me for uh, different things. His name was uh, Mort Mickelson. And uh, he would ask me for different um, assets, just little simple things. But the thing is he was working through uh, blender. And the reason why he was using blender is because it was, uh, it was open source and he got access to the source code and would, you know, in order to make the changes he needed to make to get this like super high end PlayStation 20, whatever the hell they're working on back there uh, thing to work. Uh, So I would build assets for him, uh, you know, pretty much kicking and screaming at the time uh, in blender um, it, but the more I worked with it, the more I was kind of like, huh, this, this software isn't that bad. Uh, it was open source, which I do, I super appreciate that part. Um, and I could see kind of, kind of where it was going. So, uh, I kept my eye on it. I certainly didn't use it at the time just to build him assets. Um, but I, it, it was on my radar at that point. So I kind of kept my eye on it and it wasn't until, gosh, it was, uh, probably, probably after I left Imageworks um, where I started looking at it again. So I was at Activision. This is probably, I don't know, maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really started taking notice that they had changed the interface and there was these new plugins that were basically free. So, oh, I, I, the other thing was, is Activision was trying to train me on uh, 3D Studio Max. Mm-hmm. And I've always been kind of... Uh, weird about Max or something about that software. I just can't Mm -hmm. wrap my head around. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they weren't too uh, picky about it. So me being a big Lightwave guy, uh, Mm -hmm. Lightwave and Moto, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm so old school, that was like back when Lightwave, you know, dominated the industry. And then Maya was never like, it was okay. I had no problem with Maya. Mm -hmm. Um, But 3DS Max, I I just couldn't, you know. So they allowed me to kind of explore different software. And so I installed Blender again and started playing around with it. And next thing you know, I was making assets uh, with Blender. Mm-hmm. So, and that was on uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was still using a, a lot of Lightwave too. So I'd sneak in the Lightwave when I could and then uh-huh. in Blender. But it kind of really gave me that, um, kind of re- much more gave me a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when I came here uh, to back to North Carolina, the little community college I teach at teaches blender so mm-hmm. and i was like oh i kind of i pretty much know blender and it's funny mm-hmm. how you really learn something when you start teaching it right. so once i started teaching blender i really started to learn it uh and then i went to epic games and found out that there was a whole like group of people using blender 
uh, which kind of blew my mind. Right. Uh, there was like um, uh, a guy I used to work with at uh, DreamWorks was there and he was a uh, hardcore blender guy. Uh, the guy I used to work with at DNA and, and DreamWorks, a, a concept artist, would use it to, to block out things before he painted it. Uh, so we got to talking more and more. And, um, and there was there were several other guys. A guy came from ILM, actually, that was a huge uh, blender guy. Uh, and he would build all his assets, all the destruction and everything in Blender. Uh, so that's when, you know, we, I don't know, it, it kind of felt more real that like a studio was using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then I've been telling people, Hey, it's not, it's no joke. Like this is uh, mm-hmm. this is a real piece of software that people, and now that 2.8 came out, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of exploded. Like it's on everybody's mm-hmm. radar now. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly cause the viewport, uh, you know, the cool EV viewport renderer and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty robust. Uh, it still has its uh, strange quirks, but I think, um, I think it's well on its way to competing with some of the bigger pieces of software now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have, I don't have any reservations. Like it's not embarrassing to me to say, Hey, I use blender not most anymore. of the time, which is absolutely true now. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the bleeding yeah. edge now. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, right. It's a different story now. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of kudos to the yeah. the, the Blender team to kind of like get through all that laughter and noise that they've faced over the years and be yeah, able and keep to working still at it, keep working at it, and now it's a dominant force because, uh, like the other software, like you mentioned, like I've been using Maya primarily a lot in professional career. I've started using Max at the very beginning of my career, but it's mostly been shifting to Maya in a lot of the studios. Yeah. But those two software. And the strange thing is, a lot of people, a lot of people couldn't much. see that yeah. they, they didn't believe that like something could switch, uh, yeah. software-wise. They, a lot of people were like, "There's no way Maya just dominates the industry." But when I started in like the year 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. Lightwave dominated the industry. Like right. everyone used Lightwave, so I saw this paradigm switch from Lightwave to Maya mm-hmm. already. So I, uh, it's totally possible. I know it can happen. There's, you know, it, it just it just usually needs something to spark it. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that Blender is going to take over the industry. I'm just saying that it could happen. Like the, yeah. there's no, like when a lot of people are like, no, no, it couldn't, you know, look at all these studios that use Maya. It's like, dude, yeah. those studios could swap software tomorrow. Yeah. Like you, it happens. Uh, I've mm-hmm. seen it happen before. Yeah. Now I saw well, a lot, uh, Disney go from uh, render man to, you know, a proprietary renderer. Yeah. Uh, it happens. It happens fast. Yeah, it usually just happens on the ground floor with artists preferring a software over the other, and if there's enough of them, that creates the And pipeline. that's a big change in the industry. It used to be that you just used what they gave you, and now right. people are giving you uh, a choice, which is kind of strange. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, giving all the choices, it's kind of interesting that a lot, so many people are choosing Blender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's probably just because it's so available, you know, it being yeah, open source. It's so everybody's, free. Yeah, it yeah, only makes free, sense no. that something <laughs> like that would be creating the most users uh, coming in the industry, yeah. right? I mean, that's it's the still most... got to be good. I think it's still got to yeah, be good. It's yeah, still got to be good. Yeah, but so I, props to them because it, yeah. you know, you can't. You know, Maya is still a damn nice piece of software. So when Blender's starting to take share away, it's, mm-hmm. it says a lot about that. Uh, you know, especially when it's you know. It's free to me because I work at a studio. Who cares if it's mm-hmm. Maya or whatever? Yeah. Um, but it is pretty hassle-free when you don't have, you know, 
licensing stuff or dongles. Right. Lightwave used to have dongles, like physical things yeah. you had to plug into the computer. Talk about a pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, well uh, let's kind of go into today's uh, show where you are going to – I think I have your screen up, so I'm going to go ahead and switch over to that. But you go ahead and take it away uh, while we just uh, talk over it, man. What are you going to show us today? So this is um, – this is, of course, uh, Unreal Engine. So uh, this is something that I put together probably, or I put together. This was like, I don't know, like 10 guys. Uh, mm -hmm. th there's a Blender community. That's a, another kind of a cool thing about Blender is it's got this really neat community that everybody kind of shares. And I think that's part of the whole open source thing. Uh, they share not just um, assets and things like that, but information. Like people are just openly saying, this is how I did this. And it's kind of kind of fun that way. So this um, was created, even though this is unreal, uh, all this stuff was created in Blender uh, by a group of us um, over on the like Blender Discord. They do like a once every month or something, They'll or every few months, they'll uh, just pick a piece of concept art and, and just build it all. Uh, so let me, let's go to the lit version of this. Um, so basically, I just export it in really easy to do just exporting fbx's and and um mm -hmm. creating like a creating the scene and and lighting it um and what's fun is so this is the scene uh in in blender well not the exact scene it's the assets uh and i put together another kind of my own version of the scene this is uh the new blender 2.8 uh which we're all getting used to still mm -hmm. uh this is like the preview unlit but this is kind of where the where it gets powerful um, this here is like a lot of people would look at this and be like, oh, that's a pretty render, um, just like Unreal. But this is actually the viewport, um, the, the Blender viewport, which is, mm. they call it EV. This is the new uh, viewport renderer, uh, which gives you a lot of everything from volumetric lighting to, you know, blooms. And I mean, it's, and it's what's cool is when you look at the assets um, versus what they are in Unreal, they're almost exactly the same, uh, including mm -hmm. the materials. The materials are made with these uh, BSDF principal shaders that really are the same thing. If you look at the the shaders in uh, Unreal, they're really the same. Uh, it's it's put together in wow. the same process. And matter of fact, I've I've heard that they were talking a lot back and forth. In fact, um, yeah, that's the other thing that's strange about. <laughs> so if it, well, there's like. Epic gave a million Epic, dollars like, to Blender, so obviously they're right. But way assume. before that, held okay. two, two years before that, they they had this guy employed there that was writing this engine. Um, so they, they were uh -huh. they they're a little might be a little more in bed than we th we think. Just not in bed, but you know what I mean. They're yeah yeah, yeah. they're working goes, together. Like yeah, I think definitely Tim Sweeney I mean, really likes open source right. stuff, and I know that um, uh, there's been a lot of talk about like how blender can can better serve unreal and um and vice versa well only so, helps, so right? yeah the because, guy one of the yeah. rider one of the software guys that did this engine was employed full-time at epic games so oh wow uh yeah it's kind of kind of interesting uh mm -hmm. stuff so um and he's gone on to make he still lives there in carry and he's gone on to do something else but it's still it's something to do with blender mm -hmm. um i wonder if i can yeah, I would imagine it, it serves Epic in their best interest to work alongside another type of free software so that it really removes all barriers for anybody who wants to make a game within 
Unreal Engine. And Blender yeah, really. Do. I mean, like that's the other thing is it being free. Indies are, of course, all over this. Uh, mm-hmm. In I always said, you know, the today's indies are tomorrow's big game companies because that's just how it works. Somebody's going to yeah. hit something, uh, and it's you know, and if they're a Blender house, then there you go. You got a bigger, uh, bigger Blender shop. And I think the first, um, the first feature animated movie uh, in Blender came out this year mm-hmm. which was called um uh, uh like next gen or something n- next gen yeah next gen so if you look that up that's it, i mean it's not it the greatest awesome yeah it looks amazing it it's not the greatest yeah. movie because i don't know who wrote it or what yeah. what the production is but right. but look wise it's incredible it's there yeah uh, considering well, I mean, again it's done with free <laughs> software well I'm just very impressed how like can you do that switch back and forth again with Unreal like how close it freaking looks dude yeah and this isn't even me like uh, you know this is a completely different lighting setup matter of fact you notice these are blue instead of the warm color so I'm Mm -hmm. bouncing around uh, different you know different colors really but we have the same setup here like we Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere here in our settings uh, I think it's here. It might be in the. So there's a uh, yeah. There's like light uh, light caching or light baking is what it is. So we we can do the same thing where we can set up our lights and then uh, I think that's here to see them. Yeah. So we can set up our lights just like we do in uh, Unreal and then we can bake them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then certain things are are we don't have quite as much control. Uh, right. In here, I still, that's why I put all this stuff into um, into Unreal Engine, because there's, uh, there's a few things that are kind of quirky, like, um, w- although we do have volumetrics, uh, I think I can turn this on here. So we do have volumetric lighting. Um, however, it's, it's not per light. It's like the scene. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a volumetric volume that goes over everything. And even though you, we can see it and it ca- casts shadows and it's really nice, I can't, because I can't control it per light, like this light over here, that shouldn't have volume on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't turn that off. Whereas Unreal, of course, I can mm-hmm. per, on a per light basis, you know, I can grab something and make sure that its, uh, it's volumetric scatter is one or zero. Mm-hmm. And then that gives me, you know, control over which lights are producing these, uh, mm. these God rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, you know, and will that come? I have no idea. I, I don't, I think as it is something that can get um, assets from an engine that you're, you're modeling into an, uh, a real time render engine uh, as powerful as unreal. This is like as, as much as I would ever expect, like really more than I would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's not that big a deal. It would be kind of nice if you could set this up uh, perfectly, but then we would just start rendering everything in in, in Blender. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of speaking of rendering in Blender, there is a uh, there is a no, unbiased, a non-biased, unbiased renderer, just like mm-hmm. Arnold. As a matter of fact, the guy that wrote that renderer works for and this is, and it seems so strange that this happens, but he he works for. Uh, I, I guess it's now Autodesk because they purchased them, but he, he also writes the code for Arnold. Um, so these renderers are very similar. Um, mm-hmm. and that is, 
up here, I believe. We're still getting used to this. So where I change the engine to EV, I can actually change that. And it's like a one-click switch uh, to this cycles, which is unbiased. And of course, it's going to take forever to render. Mm -hmm. um, but then you get like a pure, unbiased, perfect light lighting scenario where, you know, j just like. Oh, I just think I just lost. Did you? Oh, all right. Oh, that's you're, you're good. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm I'm <laughs> sitting here using all, all my <laughs> all my processing power. power to yeah, exactly to render something I shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so that and that's what I love about real time too. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you can you can use what am I using like two two threads maybe, <laughs> uh, two or three threads to run this whole thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you switch to cycles. It's just like you know, it's just like hitting Arnold render. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to go to town, mm -hmm. uh, but it does an amazing job and you don't even have to change the shaders. The shaders mm -hmm. work, you know, I, I, you build a shader for EB and you just, it's the same, same shader for, uh, for cycles. So oh, really? it's wow. amazing. Yeah. So if you do want to take like, uh, you know, something that you've, yeah, you've created and say, okay, now I want a, a perfect like promo shot. That's, that's really well lit. Uh, yeah, you just switch it over to the cycles renderer. Probably have to tweak some lighting for sure, but but you'll be pretty darn close, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And then you get it, you know, up your samples up, just like uh, uh, Arnold. Just you know, crank your samples and render it for half an hour, and you'll you'll have a really nice uh, uh, image. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we we even have like screen space reflection and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, same a, thing. It's already a leg up for most. Like I wouldn't even imagine setting up my scene within Maya or Autodesk or any Autodesk software at this point. Like it just right. doesn't match up to what I would have in an in-game engine, which is pretty backwards. Knowing that most of yeah. these guys who are using the software is for importing to a game engine, right? At least a good percentage. I'm not saying the visual it's, effects it's artists. So, don't. It's so nice to to be able to see something that that is much closer to what you're going to get. Like uh, there's something, there's something cool about that when you're building an object and you've set up your, uh, uh, you know, you can set up a scene that look just like, you know, using the, the Epic games uh, courtyard there as their HDR. And it, and it looks basically just like if you, you know, you do one of these things where you're looking at a, mm -hmm. uh, this has got to build a shader, but, but, it's the same thing. You're using the, the same courtyard. You can mm -hmm. place down a same mid gray ground. And what you're looking at will be super close yeah. um, while you're modeling it and you're looking mm -hmm. at it, modeling it, looking at it. And then, um, and then when you, once you, you know, push that out, there's not nearly as much question mm -hmm. uh, about what you're doing. Like it's, it's not nearly as much back and forth. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, all like these things were done in, Wonder. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the main concern when uh, a game developer, or especially a game artist, is working on a particular project, right? It's I've I've remember every time I am working on something, it's like five six programs open at the same time, a lot of yeah. back and forth through the modeling, through yeah. the texturing, through the lighting phase, through the importing, through through the checking within Unreal or a game engine. Yeah, it's just like and I still, all that time wasted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is some cool to check out so when you look at um these uh here, let me uh 
sometimes have such a hard time going b back and forth from uh, the two because their navigation is so different. So uh, when you well, look at okay, all the, the bump Do you mind kind of talking about that? So this is a noob question. So Blender, the first time a few years ago when I opened it up and then I immediately closed was because of the navigation. Has, has that remained the, the same for Blender? So there's yeah, there, uh, there are changes preferences right? for that. So me being again, they they kind of with with Lightwave being on the decline, they did. I th I think they did this thing on purpose where uh, right. they have an an input where you can emulate em emulate a three button mouse. Um, and because I work with the tablet so much anyway, uh, I have this this checked on, and then I change the uh, um, this zoom axis navigation to horizontal. And what it gives me is it gives me Lightwave Lightwave's um, navigation. So I hold Alt to, to rotate, Alt Shift, uh, and Alt Control. That's exactly like Lightwave. But they also have one for uh, uh, for Maya. So if you wanted to to navigate just like Maya, and then the thing that really freaked everyone out was the uh, right click select. It used to be a right click to select things, mm -hmm. uh, which, believe it or not, I still use that <laughs> uh -huh. it, because it it sounds odd at first, but right. um, the thought behind it was uh, one button selects and one button uh, does things. Mm. And it got so second nature. And for some reason, that doesn't bother me. Like I can switch to another application and realize that every other application is left button select. That one doesn't, that one doesn't get me. Mm -hmm. um, it's more the uh, Maya style moving. Uh, mm -hmm. And then in, um, so I'm completely different in Unreal. I never use the Maya style moving. Mm -hmm. uh, cause it's like, you're just so easily disoriented. Right. So I always use the, uh, first the person WASD right. mm -hmm. with the right click. Yeah. So, and that's pretty different. <laughs> Even if you're yeah, going from Maya yep. to unreal, that's pretty different. You're going to, yeah. you're going to always be like, Oh, it's going to take me a second just to be like, okay, wait, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there is some, and the thing about like 3D Studio Max is to me is really different. And, and it was the main reason I couldn't wrap my head around that. And somebody was telling me the, re the reason why they make all this software, like there's not just one, you know, 3D package is because people's brains work differently. So to, to, to me, 3D Studio Max is completely like mind-blowingly hard to learn. Whereas other people are like, this is totally intuitive. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're saying the opposite about, you know, Maya or Max or whatever, um, or a uh, blender. So, mm -hmm. so, and that, that I kind of understand, I use the software that just, that works for you. That just feels mm -hmm. intuitive for you. You're just going to be able to, uh, to me, ZBrush is like, that's like a alien it wrote that definitely. software. Yeah. I just don't get it at all. Uh, <laughs> and I've had to learn it several times yeah, <laughs> where yeah. I'm like, why, different. why do they got to be so different? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I've heard that like, if you are a traditional sculptor and you sit down with ZBrush, mm -hmm. a lot of those guys just pick it up really quickly. So mm -hmm. uh, it is what it is. Uh, so one of, one of the things, one of the cool things is so Blender has, um, some sculpting tools that are like ZBrush, mm -hmm. uh, even with dynamic topology, whereas you're sculpting, it'll create the topology for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I built like, um, all this, uh, uh, all this wood is actually mm -hmm. sculpted. And then I just took, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, what do you call it? Decimated it down to where it was real low poly and then baked in the, um, the, uh, normal geometry and it works great. Their baking works 
great. Like it's, it's kind of, uh, there's a trick to it. Like you want to bake through a, um, um, an emissive channel, uh, mm-hmm. sounds strange, but if you're doing like, you know, the different things, uh, because we're, we're baking to, to things like metal or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. So it, it, it feels a little bit odd, but once you get the hang of it, it's, it's really nice. It really works well. So all this stuff is, um, basically flat, like this is flat, all flat geometry that I've sculpted mm-hmm. out and then baked on. Um, and it, uh, it comes out great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool, man. Like it's so funny how times have changed <laughs> right now. We're looking at blender experts because everyone is seeing the change. Everyone's seeing the benefit of free software dominating the market and, uh, seeing the results especially is what's convincing everybody it's like this i i don't have an equivalent to ev like uh, on other 3d application to be able to which is kind of amazing you know you're paying stuff, yeah. thousands of dollars and we don't we should uh and they've been promising that for for a long time i think i think eventually it'll be like a they have to uh, think about it now you know maya will figure out how to connect directly with unreal where you're you know you're working over here in maya and you're looking at it over here in uh, right. Unreal Engine. That's probably that may be where they're going because that that would be the step even beyond this probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, open source is a cool thing because I I when I went from television to film, so the film industry is completely Linux. It's one hundred percent Linux. There's no mm-hmm. there's no film company I know of that that mm-hmm. does not use uh, Linux, including you know Pixar and Disney and DreamWorks. All those guys are completely. Mm-hmm. Um, your workstations from the workstations to the render farms, everything is, is Linux. So they, they kind of, we had to learn it. Um, mm-hmm. And what's again, it was a lot what's like the reasoning, Yeah. What's the reasoning behind that? Is it just more malleable? I, th- I think to code for or something. Actually, I think the main reason, and this is, this is my theory. I don't, I would have to ask like one of the guys, but so, so windows sees files cause we're working with these frames, these huge, um, you know, 4k frames, each, mm-hmm. uh, each one of them is its own image file. It's usually this giant EXR or something. Yeah. And Windows will, like you have 3,000 frames, and Windows will mm-hmm. say, okay, i got to move these 3,000 3, frames from here to here, and it'll go frame one, move, frame two, move. And Linux, from what I understand, will just go data, move. And right. it, it just works so much faster. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's part of it, but also um, there's a security issue, of course, with, with Windows. And there's the uh, the ability to build in all these uh, scripts that we can uh, use because we do a lot of bash scripting um, and people will write those things for us. So anything yeah. that's, you know, uh, anything you have to do more than once or a couple of times a day, somebody's written a script and you just run it and it and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit faster. Matter of fact, when I went to Naughty Dog, uh, it was so disorienting uh, being back on Windows uh, that they were installing they installed uh, this thing called Sigwin uh, onto my machine that bas- basically allowed me to bash script um, in Windows because mm-hmm. I was so used to command lining everything, like mm-hmm. anything. Open my files, just open, and, and it's like uh, it, it's so much. It's surprising how much faster that is because you're you can tab complete anything. So you just type in a couple letters and tab complete a couple letters, tab complete, and you're there. And then you hit run, and, and then I'm in Windows and I'm looking. I'm like. Uh, <laughs> looking at a thousand icons going, where, where is this? Like, which I'm, I'm just not used to. Um, even to this day, it's like, I, you open up 
you know, these, these projects are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in, you know, when you're looking in, in here, you get into these, uh, you know, these content folders will be full of stuff and it's a yeah. visual thing where you're looking for it. So how mm-hmm. many times do we now, you know, jump up to this filter and type, right? right. Uh, it's really the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you're grepping for something in Linux, you're grepping right for it and mm-hmm. you get there and you run it and it's almost instant. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's quite a, quite a few benefits. Uh, I, I'm, I'm also a pretty big, uh, Linux fan. It's, it's, I'm super happy that, uh, both unreal and unity now run pretty damn well on Linux. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, unity, uh, announced that theirs is, um, they're like official, their mm-hmm. Linux version is official. So, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of nice. Right. Um, hopefully we'll get there with, uh, unreal. Yeah. But I've, uh, I have on my downstairs laptop runs Linux and I've compiled, uh, unreal, like 4.2 or something. And, and it's, it's, it's fast. That's the other thing is like, uh, when you work in, especially on one of these big workstations, uh, if you dual boot like Linux and windows, uh, mm-hmm. you'll see the difference. You'll probably mm-hmm. see why, why people use Linux. Mm-hmm. It's so much faster. It's damn near when you're, when your finger releases the button, like your software is up and it's, mm-hmm. and it's running. It's like, it's, it's shocking just to, to see that and realize that, uh, there's so much overhead to windows that it slows everything down. And it doesn't seem like, you know, a few milliseconds might not seem like a lot, but as you're, you know, you're working through things. It's it gets pretty crazy. Yeah, um, all that spyware so I, and location base. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I don't monitoring. I don't, yeah, Linux doesn't do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the same when I I complain because I've used Blender too long now, and I, when I have to open up Maya, I'm always sitting there for the that, that you know lag, three yeah. minutes that it takes, and I'm going, why the hell does this software take this long to open? Like, yeah. it takes Blender two seconds. It yeah. took, it's the same with Lightwave though. Lightwave took like two seconds to open. Yeah. So, and now everything that uh, Autodesk has purchased, even uh, Motion Builder used to be Filmbox, remember? And, and that mm-hmm. used to, you know, you double click it, it opens instantly. Now it's like mm-hmm. Motion Builder. You double click it and you're sitting there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what is this software doing? I know, man. I'm, I'm constantly uh, complaining like throughout the shows and podcasts I've done, like how... I'm a 3D artist, right? So I'm relying on these 3D applications all the time, and how how slow they are with progress, especially with the, like I'm we're not sponsored by Autodesk, so I, I'm I'm okay with saying like man, they just been slowing and lagging behind competition. Just I've seen like you, you talk about Moto being like you an know, old school not... software. They're they're catching. They've been getting a lot of 3D artists transferring. Silo is another program that people are really loving. Um, yeah, it's not. It's because Autodesk doesn't make software; they buy mm, software. Right. So everything they own, they've purchased. Uh, Maya used to be uh, Alias Wavefront. So that mm-hmm. you know, the, and Filmbox. I can't remember the company, but uh, that motion builder used to be Filmbox. What they do is they, I mean, very st- strategically, they purchase the software that's really powerful, and they add it to their. You know, um, the problem is they don't grow the software no they purchase it they either keep it stale or they get rid of it like Mudbox or uh, yeah softimage or xsi which (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. softimage which you know had a huge following um so so it was really shocking to see them uh stop producing uh softimage and then what was the uh, game engine that they bought in 
in shuttle that that was the same thing um um stingray they well they called stingray. it stingray right, right, right. and you could see the potential in that though you were like oh man they, they you know pot- potentially one day this could be a, a a player but they just they don't write software so yeah i don't know i think they just they just kill competition i don't, I don't know i don't know what the answer is yeah 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 they're a big company they're i'm sure they're doing fine they're doing fine. Um, they can afford it. But like, this is what I'm saying. It gives way to Blender or, or smaller software. I hope they don't right. buy it. And I'm not even sure they care. <laughs> I think they're okay. Well, they can't buy Blender. It's uh, yeah. open source. It's open source. Uh, yeah. I think those guys don't care that much. I think their money comes from the the CAD software anyway. Yeah. I've I've heard that that the they, um, is, uh, they just dudes. don't. Yeah. No, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, the actual like. Yeah. You know, stuff that costs thousands of dollars per seat. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, well, Maya costs thousands of dollars, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the and bigger studio, it, the bigger. Yeah, and uh, I, I, think, I guess it works well with that crowd since they're, uh, they're, they like things not changing too much <laughs> with their software. At least that industry, right? They're more, yeah. like, they like being comfortable. Which is the I, exact- I always thought also it's probably really hard to compete with because 3d software is kind of the perfect um open source software because it's modular right you, mm-hmm. it's it's a renderer that's one kind of piece of software plugged in it's a you know the materials the compositor this thing has a compositor and tra- camera tracking all kinds of crap built in built in and all that can be written by a different group of people uh and when you're talking about god there's probably like ten thousand people writing code for this thing mm-hmm. uh you know, it's really hard because they're, th- yeah. it's hard to compete with that. They're contributing to it. And it's all free. Um, mm-hmm. Even the guy from Naughty Dog, he wrote a, uh, a painting. Um, he wrote into the painting program because this also you can 3D paint. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote where you can 3D paint um, uh, normal maps. So you can take wow. brushes and use them as normals and paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of his... Uh, kind of thank you to the Blender Foundation for having the software that he could access the source code to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's wild. Yeah, well, it's one of the main reasons why anytime there is like a new innovation, how an open source program can, with their huge amount of community of people, can have such a fast turnaround and be like, oh, that looks cool, let's add that. <laughs> right and it becomes and it all yeah you know, yeah and if it's uh hopefully it's all quality control but um you yeah. know it, it is cool to see like cutting edge stuff uh but unreal does the same thing and they're mm-hmm. those guys are super excited to release the that's why you get fractions of releases right 4.2.3 mm-hmm. or whatever because mm-hmm. uh, they've got something new and exciting to show you that they've gotten to work and real time last time i was there they're working on like real time uh volumetric clouds and stuff like that like wow. stuff that you would think would be absolutely impossible mm-hmm. um really really cool but that's mm-hmm. what they're excited about right they're just uh and they want to want to get that stuff out mm-hmm. and most of the time it works again i, I think the game engine's kind of the same thing it's you can compartmentalize all these things and they just work together mm-hmm uh, so this this project right here, you you mentioned before, it was like a team of ten, or uh, like you worked with a few, like a group of people. Like, can yeah. You so a I've bit never done how, this how before. Okay. 
So I, I, I can't remember how it came about. Honestly, I think I met somebody somewhere that mentioned that there was a discord group for blender. Mm. Um, and when I got on there, they were talking about doing their next, um, they call it something like a challenge, some kind of challenge. And, uh, me being me, I just immediately started saying, uh, you know, I kind of, t- <laughs> cause they have no supervision. It's just, and rightfully so it's a group of guys. They're just having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and they usually don't make stuff this, of this quality. That's usually like, you know, a uh, little bit simpler, um, mm-hmm. product. And I was like, man, this could be really cool because within a month you could make all these assets, uh, part-time mm-hmm. mind you, we're just kind of mm-hmm. playing around on the side. Uh, so I would jump in there and like um, redesign uh, their stuff and give it back to them and uh, have them uh, work on it a little bit more than the normal. But but what's nice for those guys is they probably got a lot like I didn't build this. I, I helped build it. But this mm-hmm. guy could totally put this on his reel now and say, hey, I, I modeled this and baked it down. And um, mm-hmm. otherwise, that was going to be like a box with some crap on it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it was. I can't remember. um I just, I do know that I went in and like helped, uh, you know, help bevel all this out and get the, the little details in there that, um, things that I, I wanted to see, uh, even like in the books and I don't know, it's, so we ended up making well, what I think is like a pretty good looking product here. Looks um, awesome, based yeah. on a piece of, it was based on a piece of concept, um, from an old adventure game, uh, that we were working with. Uh, but what's cool about all of this, everything you see here is it's also open source. We we built it to be open source. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think you can go to, I want to say BlendSwap, BlendSwap.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can download anything on here, mm-hmm. uh, any of this stuff. So if you need, I don't know, a hanging lamp or whatever those things are, mm-hmm. uh, then you can go grab this out of the set and use it for completely free. It's uh, There's no license to it at all. I ended up re uh, reworking these because they say Paris. These these are not these are uh, commercial stickers. So the version you get on BlendSwap will have like a hand painted stickers. Let's see if they're in here. Uh, no, there's still the old ones. So yeah, I, I hand painted some like like wizard traveling stickers <laughs> and and redid this thing so it makes sure it was completely like commercial free. Uh, mm-hmm. Smart. for somebody to be able to use yeah that's a professional so i don't get sued thinking. by that sticker <laughs> company <laughs> right so was this all done within a uh, month that's uh really yeah oh yeah damn yeah. dude that's pretty damn good man. yeah it's, it's pretty crazy right yeah it's awesome um did you guys get any like uh notoriety from this some featuring from blender i'm sure the i don't blender think anybody was i don't what? even think anybody was looking for it i it's the strange what? thing i don't know i didn't no, um, we're gonna we change this. In this fact, should have been the front honestly, page of Blender, dude. Like, come on. I'm. Just, I, I know there's like a lot of hobbyists working on Blender, but come I don't on. even you guys think are like, I, sh- I did one image here. from it. Yeah. And I don't even know what happened to that. Like, we sh- kind of showed it on Facebook, and people were like, "Oh, that's great." And then I I'm didn't think change. much more about it. I just thought, <laughs> how cool is it to have access to more, uh, just more assets in anything you want to use? And I should get on there and kind of probably spearhead all of these things the thing is it's just it's time consuming yeah um and i don't know you know i don't really 
you know, I'm not getting paid or anything, so I don't know other than hey, just get some cool assets. Let's get some publicity behind this, all right? We're going to change the things around. <laughs> this is uh, too good to not be on the front page of Blender, man. So uh, uh, we're yeah. about that hour, actually. So this is a part of time okay. where it might be a great opportunity to kind of uh, give a shout-out. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Any, any uh, Give attention to any organization, maybe Blender, any word or device. This is the best time to do it. So I'm going to switch over to your full picture here. Go for it. Yeah, man. Uh, I think the best way to support uh, Blender right now is to is to join the Blender Foundation, which is uh, I'm a member and I think it's like $100 a year or $99 a year or something like that. And it gives you access. Uh, it's not just, an, uh, you know, a, that you're giving money to these guys. You actually get access to their um, uh, their their web page that that has all kinds of things from HDRs, uh, you know, HDR images to um assets characters see they make all these open source movies and all, all the sets and and characters from those movies are all stored uh at the blender foundation on their website so you have access to all that stuff it's all rigged it's ready to go um yeah it's a great way to support them i think um i do mine it feels like nothing 100 bucks a year to to use a piece of software that that makes me a living so i have i have no problem with that i don't even bat an eye uh Matter of fact, I should do more for them. I don't, I don't know uh, what else I could do, but uh, I'm sure something. Uh, <laughs> well, you the should, other funny you thing, I didn't tell the story. Go for it. Dude, yeah. I, uh, so Mark Petit, you know, Mark Petit is the, he's the president of uh, the Unreal Engine. Um, he actually called me on the phone like a few months ago. And he also used to be the president of um, Maya, I think. Uh, he mm -hmm, worked mm -hmm. for, like he was a big, time guy for uh autodesk so he um he calls me on the phone one time and uh or one time it's just a few months ago and was asking me all these questions about blender it was it was pretty surreal and uh i uh i uh ended up you know answering all these questions and uh he within what it was just a few weeks ago they announced this mm -hmm. huge uh mm -hmm. donation to the blender foundation so um uh, I feel a little bit. Um, you should have got a percentage on that. I might have helped Blender get some of this money, actually, because I had nothing but good things to say, right? And yeah, I also yeah. pointed because he didn't realize how many people at the studio were using it. So right. I pointed out, like, uh, you know, talk to this guy, talk to this guy, talk to this guy, and um, so between me and those guys, I, I got a feeling we got Blender some some jack. Uh, yeah. So which was good, uh, and. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad it it happened, and I'm really glad that uh, that Epic is behind Blender. I think that's really right. cool, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with uh, some of that money. Yeah, in the future, I think it's spread out over years, so we'll be able to see uh, what's going on. I mean, the humility yeah, in, in me and your, yourself saying like it's just great that they got the grant, but you know, a part of me is like, dude, where's, where's my shout out to my, my man, Tom over here helping them out. Constantly making <laughs> they great might art. Not even know. I don't... We're going to change that yeah. fact. We're going to change that fact. Sorry cool. today. All right, yeah. man. Well, uh, we'll to... thank you so much, Tom. And we'll get, well, I'll have to get the name of the guys that, did, that helped me out with this. Cause they deserve, okay. you know, a ton of Definitely. credit too. They, they did some amazing work. Right. So, yeah. So I'm going to list all their names with this video when it does come out for everybody who are interested. We're going to link this project. I'm going to get some like photographs from you, too. We need to 
this needs to be in the front page yeah. because come on man it's blender people are learning i know there's a lot of good artists on there but this is professional quality here <laughs> cool thank you all right thank you everybody that is our show for this hour with tom wright uh as always you can follow us everywhere and uh see you guys next week see you tom later guys